This podcast is a love letter to every small business owner in Africa that dreams of growing big, every African executive that wants to get ahead, and every leader that wants more impact. I'm Tembi Kumalo, your host and the founder of Brand Builder Africa. We'll talk about everything to do with growing your business by building your brand. Today, I'm speaking to Adetola Ademini Juiton. The energy that this woman exudes, even across thousands of kilometers, is palpable. If I had to describe her in one word, it would be action. She left a lucrative career in banking to pursue interests in hospitality, property management, auto repairs, and has even more up her sleeve. You get the impression that she's constantly looking for the next problem to solve, the next opportunity, and as a socially conscious member of JCI, the next project that can benefit from her enormous energy. Fasten your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen, and enjoy this conversation with a woman who dares. Adetola, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. How are you today? Doing well, very well. You? And where are you right now? Um, Lagos, Nigeria. And what's it West like? West Africa. What's it like <laughs> in Lagos today? Very hot, as always. <laughs> and very busy, I'm, very, I'm sure. Very busy. Always busy. Lagos is always busy. It's, it's the hustler's lane of Africa. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of hustling, uh, you are one busy, busy lady. Um, and you've achieved a lot in business uh, at, at a fairly young age, I think. Tell us what makes you do this? How did you become this person that is so driven and so full of achievement? Well, um, I started off being a banker mm-hmm. and in the sales department of all the banks where I worked, the different banks that I worked. Um, I think I'm a typically, I'm an extrovert and I'm a very, very vibrant, very active person by nature. Right. So whatever I, in whatever I do, there has to be a lot of activity. If you get what I mean, <laughs> um, it, has to involve, it has to involve a bit of activity. Okay. Otherwise I would most like to find it very boring. Okay. You know, so even so how did you banker, survive banking for all those years? So I was in the sales unit and it, with the sales departments in the Nigerian banks, you had to be on the road most of the time. It was your responsibility to engage clients on behalf of the customer, try to get them to bank with your bank. Mm -hmm. So more like sell your bank to the client. And that keeps you, I mean, you you have to leave the comfort of your office, go to these different clients in their offices or homes, as the case may be, Mm -hmm. and try to, you know, prospect and convince them to bank with you. So that involved me moving around. So that was quite helpful as against sitting in the bank as a teller and yeah. being in position for so i guess that's what why you asked how i coped 
um, if I was in any of those units, I'm sure I probably would have left the banking industry long before I left. <laughs> I would not have been able to survive. Yeah. So, but because I was on the move most of the time, that sort of, sort of, you know, worked with my kind of person. But beyond that, it was clear to me early enough in life or in my, my career life, so to speak, that banking was not it. I didn't want to build a career in banking. Uh-huh. So I knew in good time, early enough, what I wanted to do with myself, where I wanted to end up, so to speak. Okay. So, and I think that was, that was quite helpful because even while I remained in the banking industry, I, my focus remained on where I was going. Do you understand? I so do. everything that I did, decisions that I made, personal um, development decisions that I made, training decisions that I made, mm. beyond my immediate career at the time, I also had the last bus stop, if you like, in mind. Right, right. All of and how, how did you come to be that person that has so much clarity about where you're going? Um, was there somebody coaching you? Did you have a mentor or was it your parents? Many, many young people, I'm sure, at the age that you are at, don't have that kind of clarity. Yeah, so I have a couple of people, even even friends my 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 in the same age bracket with me, mm. I hear people say things like, oh, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know. So again, I think early enough, number one, I would say that while in the university, I joined one or two organizations that helped. Okay. And I, 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 I cannot deny the fact that JCI sort of helped in that area. Um, so there was, a, there was a lot of focus. He helped me sort of focus okay. on where I was going. That's number one. So the organization that I got myself, the, the, my immediate peer group mm-hmm. helped in that regard. That's number one. Number two, um, I'm a very strong advocate for mentorship. I think it also helps very strongly. So I believe that in different areas of my life, um, career, business, spiritual, whatever, I have different people that I believe have walked the path that I'm trying to walk. And so, and then we share the same value system. That's also very important. Mm. So I, I try to get people like, at least one for each of these areas to sort of handhold me and walk mm-hmm. with me. So there are decisions that I would have taken. People like this stopped me from taking those decisions. And I found out much later, I mean, I was thankful that I did not take those decisions. So it means that they know things that I don't know. They see things that I don't see. Why? Because they probably had walked that path or know one or two persons that have walked that path. So I'm also very good at learning from people's mistakes rather than my own mistakes. Right. You know, I also study people's lives, even if you're not mentoring me. I take time to just follow you quietly. The mistakes you make, I try to see what lessons you learned and what I can learn from it. And I'm careful not to make the same mistakes. So mentorship greatly worked for me. The people that I associate with worked mm-hmm. for me very greatly as well. So I was in the midst of people that, I mean, had, so it was, it was so easy for me to align very quickly. Okay. I read somewhere that you are the eldest of your your siblings yes and the only girl (laughs) oh wow (laughs) how has that affected your your uh capacity to lead do you think i think again that was that was one of the i mean before we start to talk about schooling or uni life university life 
mm. I think it started from from home. Um, number one, my father, I think, was a very great influence because he was also, you know, quite organized and and clear about um, life focus. Mm -hmm. So that was one. Secondly, as a matter of fact, even my joining JCI, I would say my father was instrumental. He was a Rotarian. Oh, I didn't quite wow. like the structure of the Rotary Club in my, of the Rotarian Club in my school at the time. And I think I sort of preferred the JCI, which is Junior Chamber International. So I joined JCI. Mm -hmm. but there's quite a bit of similarities between the two organizations. Yeah. So my father was instrumental to that. And being the first child of five of us, um, it taught me to take ownership at a very early stage in life. It taught me to, I mean, when my parents were not there, I automatically became the mother of the house. So by default, um, being leading became part of me very early in life. Right. You know, it was very easy leading four men that had minds of their own and, <laughs> and sort of just believe that, oh, you're a girl, go and sit down, that sort of thing. But um, because they were also all boys and there was a tendency to be rebellious if you were not firm with them. Mm. So he also taught me to be firm from a very early age because my mother was always, don't let them do that to you. You must be firm, insist, you know, so I, I, that became part of me very, very early in life. So I wow. think, yes, that also had a very strong role to play in, in, in my leadership um, journey. Okay. And, but as we know, leadership is not a, it's not a smooth road. So there must've been times when you were frightened or paralyzed <laughs> where you're not able to make a move or a decision because of fear. Can you share with us some of those experiences and how you overcame them? Okay, well, um, if you had asked me about my most difficult moments prior to last year, mm. I probably would have said, oh, at the time that I was trying to fundraise or get investors for the business, that was one of the toughest times. The next tough time would be um, getting the right human resources for the business. People that understood that, uh, you know, share the same vision or understand your vision, maybe not share, but at least understand your vision and um, are supposed to be driving the vision, not theirs, mm. you know, so it was, mm. it was quite difficult. But with um, COVID-19, um, a lot of things sort of changed. I'm sure you're aware that, um, the hospital industry, event industry was one of the most hit Absolutely. by the pandemic. And then up till today, at least in my own state, in Nigeria, Lagos, the state where I operate from rather, operate my businesses from, up till now, since March 2020, we still are not allowed to host events. So what I, what I, I do have event centers where you can hire for events, but where people are not even allowed to host events, then nobody's coming to hire your venue. Mm. And that's, that, that, that was prior to now, I think still is my, my, the biggest business, you know, still the number one mm. business. Mm. So it was a very difficult season. Um, you couldn't take decisions because you, you, I mean, nobody has ever experienced COVID. So we all didn't know mm. what to expect. Mm. Mm. Number one, number two, we kept hearing about a second wave coming yeah. at that time. So you, you, you were not sure what decisions to take, what steps to take, what to do, what not to do. Right. Um, again, you had the government to contend with, um, or oh, we can host events, we'll be decent about it. 
we would um, maintain social distancing, we'll do the right thing. But you also had guests and clients to contend with who would yeah. want to come in and not wear their mask, who did not think they wanted to maintain social distancing. Yeah. Meanwhile, you are giving your commitment to the government. So it was just a lot going on at the same time. And you had to, of course, you had vendors, caterers, decorators, planners, all of those people to also manage, just you. And you see, when it got to that point, it became almost impossible to leave responsibilities to your colleagues or staff. Right, right. I had to get more involved. There were some decisions that had to be taken on behalf of the company that, to be honest, if they were clueless, I would totally understand because mm. they would not, I didn't expect them to be so sure of what decisions to take or what to do, mm. you know? So for example, we had people that had booked the venue in advance since last year or even since 2019 and yeah. then COVID came and then the government, you know, came up with some pronouncements and for some reason now they are unable to host their events the way they want to. So that, for example, I would not leave to my staff. I would need to, I typically would not engage every client, every planner, but in this situation, I've had to call clients directly myself right. to explain the issues and then try to rub minds with them and figure out what do we, in the situation that we are, what do we do? So what works for client A may not necessarily work for client B. Right. So we have to be dynamic. We have to be, you know, just get creative about problem solving suddenly. You know, this was a business that was literally on auto cruise. Mm. I mean, everyone could predict. So I didn't need to be there. But now I need to be there. I need. So it's been a very difficult situation. Again, um, um, mental health becomes a big deal suddenly more than never before if you get what i mean mm. so as difficult as the situation is you have to stay sane you have to i mean just be sane so to speak <laughs> how but do you stay sane though like what are some of the um <laughs> tools or methods or well for me yeah for me personally mm. i when when i'm in a situation where I do not have control over the decisions that are being taken of the, or, or the situation on ground, like COVID, like government pronouncement. I do not have control mm. over that. Mm. Honestly, honestly, I don't sweat it. Okay. I wait for the pronouncement. I wait for the situation. Then I sit down and see how I can work it out within the current situation, considering right. all the dynamics on the table. You get what I mean? So mm. quite frankly, I do not stress it. Otherwise, you go crazy. Um, you go crazy. <laughs> you go crazy, to be honest. So I don't stress it. I try. It's not easy. It's very difficult. And last year was the time that I appreciated the most that I had my hands in several pies. Prior to then, I thought, oh, girl, slow down. I mean, you're doing too many things. Take a chill pill, relax, and all that. Mm. But suddenly COVID came and I realized that the business is that I, 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 we never really used to pay so much attention to prior to now became mm. the big deal, you know? Yeah. So I, I understand better now that, you know, one source of income <laughs> may not be a very good idea at the end of the day. I think I knew before, but I think I just got more convinced after yeah. COVID. COVID just sort of helped to reset everyone's brain kind of. <laughs> So you, you're involved in lots of businesses that are actually quite different from each other, right? You've got the events business, and then you've got um, a car, like a mechanical workshop. 
tell us tell yeah. us the, the range of businesses that you are involved with okay so there's the glitz event center mm -hmm. um that's the event center and there are two of them there's a big hall and a small hall okay. um and so we can host two different events at the same time in the same venue mm. without one clashing clashing with the other then there's the glitz garages um, that's an auto repair garage and it's an all automated mechanic workshop, you know, so um, that, like you said, is a mechanic. So if you call me a lady mechanic, you won't be very wrong. <laughs> um, there's the Glitz business services. Um, that business provides professional client focused business solutions. So if you had the company who wanted to source for or a government parastatal or a state or whatever that wanted to source for um, a production line, for example, from any part of the world. Mm. So we had the, the structures in place to engage um, manufacturers in the different parts of the world. And we source for you bringing these guys to, to install, they'll train your staff or your team, and they go back to their country. So that's what Glitz Business Services does. Then there's Glitz Residences and, residences and Apartments. Um, that's a chain of short-length apartments across Lagos as of today and um, with plans of expansion into other parts of the country. That's Glitz Entertainment and Promotion. So um, remember the Glitz Event Center is just the event centers. It's Entertainment and Promotion is, is event organizing, planning, artist management, and all of that. Oh, wow. Then there's the Glitz Food and Beverages. So that services both corporate and private individuals in the hospitality industry. And they're also planned to um, start a chain of restaurants of locally made food across the state as well. Then can we have one in Harare, please? Oh, <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the Glitz Export Limited, and that handles the export arm of the group. So, wow. How do I handle or how do I manage all these businesses? Um, you knew I was going to ask that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I hear that all the time. <laughs> Because it sounds like a lot, and I think anyone would be overwhelmed. It so is a I, lot. I, I, I really, the reason you're here today is to tell us <laughs> <laughs> how it is that you sound so relaxed and so happy, <laughs> apart from the fact that you just got married. Uh, to be honest? Yeah. The person I got married to, even before we got married, has been extremely supportive. Okay. So that's one so more. The auto garage, for example, I don't even get involved anymore. Oh. As small as it is, that's one of the most difficult arms of the group because of the kind of people you deal with. Okay. Do you get what I mean? So mm. you have the mechanics, you have the painters, you have those mm. guys are panel beaters. They are very extremely difficult to okay. deal with. So he handles them. And he, do, he obviously does a better job than I used to do. <laughs> they speak the same language. They need to shout, they shout. He does the shouting and, you know, I just calm him down sometimes. The great residences and apartments, he also handles that. I don't have to keep engaging clients directly. And so it sort of shed a bit of weight off me, mm. especially the most difficult ones. So that has been very, very helpful, you know. And then when the, the situation, for example, these business services, we do a bit of collaboration. When there's need to collaborate, I don't shy away from it. I believe very strongly that collaboration is the new competitive advantage. And like I, I say jokingly a lot of times, I say collaboration is the new competition. 
you know, so I believe that we can, there's a lot we can do when we come together. I have people that are vast and experienced in some areas. I don't swear to those areas. I let them do their thing while mm. I do the work that I have as my, you know, area of core competence. So that having a very supportive partner and collaborating where necessary, I believe are things that have really, really worked for me. And by nature, um, I'm one that, uh, you know, I, I, I am able to juggle so many balls without dropping any, you know, so I think also that that has really helped. Remember I said at the beginning that there has to be activity. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so you're just a high energy person that needs absolutely. lots of activity in your life. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. So when you were starting these businesses, I'm guessing you didn't start them all at once, right? No. But something kept driving you to do the next one and then the next one. And then you see a need and you think, ah, oh, there's a business opportunity there. Is that, mm -hmm. is that how it happened? Yes. Yeah, so when the event center started and mm -hmm. everything had been set up and it got to a point where it could run on its own with or without me being there. Okay. You know, I started getting bored. Right. <laughs> Number two. You know, the way the event center business works, um, people would not have events every day. So I needed something else that would bring, number one, daily activity, number two, daily income or revenue. Mm. And um, that was when the idea of, so I had a couple of ideas, but that was when I settled for the auto garage. Okay. okay. You know, so that is an everyday thing. There's a lot of activity sometimes you need to go tough sometimes you go down you're playing you're laughing but sometimes i mean you know that whole thing so mm. it was an everything and sort of fixed that particular and so when that one was also set up and running i also started thinking okay so what next this is an auto cruise that is an auto cruise there has to be something else there has to be mm. something more the, i think the only and then you know that was how others were birthed but i think the only one that i didn't plan to do that I was the residences and apartments and that my 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 husband now boyfriend at the time mm -hmm. just tried to I mean we were trying I was trying to rent out the property but it was just being very difficult it was very difficult getting a tenant the kind of tenant we wanted mm. and so he had been talking to me about the apartment the short life business but I kept saying no 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 so it sort of influenced me to start the first one and when I saw oh this this is good this is lucrative Mm. I didn't need any more encouragement to continue to expand on that one, okay. you know. So for all the others came by, oh, I'm bored, I'm bored, something else, something to do, <laughs> except that one. <laughs> so you didn't feel any um, hesitancy or fear about taking on new projects? Well, I, I, I always do, mm. like every normal person, mm. but I think the the desire to succeed and the will to drive it always superseded the fear of what if. Because when what if comes up, yeah. I then ask myself, what if I don't? What if not? Okay. <laughs> the businesses that I, I started that didn't quite work out the way I planned, count my losses, dust myself, and move on. So people would only know or hear about the successful ones, but there have been some other ones that didn't quite see the light of day, but life goes on. 
So when you have had that moment of, um, let's call it failure for lack of a better word, yeah. something hasn't worked out the way that you, you thought. Right. Um, what are the thoughts that go through your mind and how do you make that recovery process? And the reason I'm asking is because a lot of people um, who are stuck today, and some of them may be listening, are stuck because they have tried once or tried twice or tried three times and it hasn't worked out. And then they're sitting there thinking, ish, uh, maybe it's just not for me. You know, maybe success is not for me. Maybe entrepreneurship right. is not for me. Maybe risk-taking is not for me. Right. How do you turn that experience around? So I think, first of all, before even starting, I prepare my mind. I would work towards the best. I would hope for the best and I work very hard towards it. Mm. If it means staying awake most of the time, I would do all of that. So I will stay hopeful for the best, but I prepare my mind for the worst. Okay. So it's not a very nice situation to be, but you're better off being prepared in your mind. Everything mm. starts in your mind. So <clears throat> when I get into the situation, I, I, for example, when we're setting up the event center, there were so many reasons why we shouldn't. Okay, so for example, we had fixed the launch date, official opening date for, we had to move it two different times. By the third time, I insisted, I literally come to work every day to the site, almost fighting everybody, carpenters, bricklayers, you know, the way, you know, yeah, um, can be. Yeah. But I didn't wear that hard cap. When we were all done, I mean, we invited everyone to lunch and we 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 apologized where we needed to apologize and we're yeah. all yummy again, you know, but when we're working, can we understand that we're working? When it's time to play, we would play. And now everyone understands that. So we don't have, we rarely have issues anymore, even when we need to do other things. You mm. get what I mean? So mm. preparing my mind was always very helpful then understanding that failing, like you said, for lack of a better word, mm. is just an opportunity to, to, to try or start all over again. I know that sounds cliche, but to be honest, that's exactly what it is. You know, so I wouldn't fail in something and sit down there without, it's very tough. I may have a few days of, you know, brooding and crying and <laughs> yeah, I've had those moments. You know, but at the end of the day, remember I said preparing your mind. I remind myself that, listen, we agree that you give this your best shot. And what always gives me joy is the fact that I'm always rest assured that, Detola, you really tried. I mean, you gave this the best that you could have given it, but it just didn't work out. If it's something that I want to give another try, then I sit back and try to reject things or change things around and, you know, do things a bit differently. Remember I also said something earlier, I said, I also watch people and learn from their mistakes, not necessarily mm. mine. Mm. So I, I would probably have seen one or two persons who have made such mistakes in the past and I'll see what lessons I can. Remember I also mentioned mentorship. So for mm. example, from our business plan and our, you know, our own plan, by now the second um, Glitz event center should have been set up. Mm. But one of my mentors insisted that no, you're gonna make all your mistakes with this first one 
you're going to all the teaching problems all the everything you want to do you're going to mm. sort out with this first one so that by the time you're starting another one we're on auto cruise so again before calling anyone my mentor or saying this person is my mentor they must be people whose opinion i am you know i respect whose values are the same and who whose advice is i am willing to you know sort of subject myself to, mm. even mm. if even if it wasn't what i wanted yeah. so but see there's no i mean with the whole covid thing i now even though that decision was taken almost two years before covid mm. i appreciate the decision of not starting a second event center better now For so sure. instead of starting a second event center push the um, resources into starting other businesses in other industries imagine that the resources that we used to start up other businesses were pushed into starting a second event center and the two mm. event centers are now shut down for over a year how would we have coped yeah so i look back now and i appreciate that advice but remember that these are people again that had said their advices they are you know meant would mean a lot and would carry weight and i was willing to make myself accountable to those people so mentorship has played a very very significant role in my entrepreneurial journey and where's your journey headed i'm sure <laughs> you're going to, you still have 10 or 12 more business there's, uh, there's still a lot in the pipeline i was i was i was having a chat with someone yesterday mm. and i was this was like even if they give you the person mentioned a certain amount of money in naira it's not even enough to start with. i said exactly so we, we keep doing it one after the other one after the other <laughs> one after the other and and then there are some some of the businesses that are they don't come often like the police business services but the one or twice in a year mm. is always very profitable and you are able to because it comes in bulk you are yeah. able to use the the funds from there to to start off another small business at yeah. once yeah you know so that also really helps um starting up other business so there are other businesses that are in the pipeline and we're only waiting for one big thing to happen from the other really big brands that would then fund those other businesses okay okay <laughs> that makes, that makes some sense. <laughs> uh, it's a busy life it's a busy life yeah so we're working with um a lot of people at brand builder who want to start businesses a lot of entrepreneurs who are maybe in their first cycle of of starting a business Right. um some people who failed as i said earlier and mm. others who are in employment like you were but just so afraid to make that leap mm. what advice would you give somebody um who is saying i would love to leave my job in 2021 but i'm just so scared so i'll first of all i'll say have a clear um, idea of where you're going, where you want to end up. Mm. Don't stress initially about how you get there. Mm. That's very good. But clear about where you want to be. Mm. That is the one thing that was, I, I was clear on what I wanted. It wasn't a very easy place to be. Let me tell you something one of my mentors did that greatly helped me. Mm. Um, he asked me what my passion was. And I said to him that, ah, in the, because we're talking about, I mean, what to do when I leave paid employment. At the time, I was mm. still in bank. And I said, well, in line with business, I'm not quite sure. And he said something to me. 
go home, take the next. He said he gives, he's giving, was giving the next one week. Mm. Picked out everything that you love to do, everything. So I said to him that, oh, I don't need one week for that. I can do that today and send to you tonight. <laughs> and he said, just relax. List out everything you love. To, forget about money. Forget about business. Forget about how you can make money. Forget about all that. Just list out all that you love to do. Then when you've listed out everything that you love to do, rearrange that list in order of priority, in the order that you love them. So the mm. most loved will be number one, and the least loved will be the last one. Mm -hmm. Try to do that. And so we did, I did that. You see, that, and of course, I had several meetings and all that with him afterwards. That sing, singular exercise or assignment, mm. I'll tell you why. There's a business, the first business I, I, I started, it's not, even, it's not even any of the ones we had mentioned. Oh. Yeah, I, I shut that business down when the event center started because there was no way I was going to be able to handle both at the, at the time. Okay. So it was a boutique that I opened in Lake as well. Mm -hmm. And the reason that boutique came to life was after I wrote that list, one of the things I wrote, I think it was my number four or so that I love to do is to dress people up. Not even as much as I love to dress up myself. Okay. I <laughs> mean, when I meet you, I'm, oh, I'm adjusting your tie and I'm thinking, oh, the next time you wear this shirt, please try it with a blue tie. I think it will go uh -huh. better. That sort of thing. Right. You know, so I used to do that for a lot of my colleagues at work and, you know, adjusting this, adjusting that, thinking, oh, this would be better on the left and on the right. You know, that, that sort of thing. Mm. And so when I shared that with him, one of the suggestions from him was about dressing people up and being paid for it. So again, at the time, every time I went on holiday, I wouldn't come back without buying things to sell. Mm. And when I'm shopping to buy things to sell, I'm shopping with people in mind. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, this week look really good on Thunder. This will really look really... And so when I come back to Nigeria, I'm selling it to you directly. Uh -huh. You get what I mean? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So one of the things he said was that You've listed this as one of the things you love to do. How about doing it and being paid for it? Mm -hmm. The moment he said that, I couldn't really figure it out. But by the time I went back to think through it, long story short, it was what gave birth to the boutique. Right. And so a lot of my co colleagues, especially, would always shop from my boutique. And the business was there for about four years, you know, before I shut it down. And I shut it down when I started the event center because um, the event center at the time was quite overwhelming for me, or I thought it would be, you know, <laughs> it was, it was quite, it was, it was quite, it was quite big for me. So yeah. I thought, oh, I needed to focus on this and all that. So, but my point is be clear on what you want, know what you love to do mm. in coming up with that whole thing. Maybe like I did put business aside, put money aside, just list out all these things first. By the time all these things, at, at the time we we're having this conversation, make up artists there was there was not like making money from makeup doing makeup yeah money. there was no such thing at the time we started this conversation there were no marquees with tents and all that where my dream started from was to hire chairs tables and this you know all these open tents that you can just yeah. put in your purse, yeah. in your compass that was where the dream started from but as time went by you know and um development and things things sort of changed mm. all these marquees that you could 
that were air conditioned and all that came to be. And so the dreams started expanding beyond mm. what I started with. Mm. And so the most important, second thing I would say is just start. I think this is typically the biggest problem. Some of us even know what we want to do. Mm. Some people have business plans, but you see the fear of leaving paid employment because you're not sure whether this would succeed or not. Yeah. Part of the problem. At the time we started Glitz, I'd left paid employment. Therefore, it had to succeed. Otherwise, I'm done for. <laughs> so it had to be a success. Yeah. I knew that it did not succeed. I was completely finished. Yeah. So that thought alone, knowing that I didn't have a choice, I say to my friends and my you know, ex-colleagues, it's always a good idea if you're still in paid employment and you can start to put the structure of your business by the side, you know, put it in place, let things start to, so that by the time you exit, yeah. you have a place to just jump into immediately. But you see, not everyone has the luxury. What if your employer asks you to go? That happens a lot of times. Yeah. You know, so if you have the opportunity, for me, I would say, yes, that's the most fantastic thing to do. There are also some businesses that will not give you, afford you the time to set up while you're still working. So mm. every man knows what works for him. But the important thing is that just start, just start. Once you start, you know, I said something earlier that the moment I started the apartment, despite the fact that I kept saying no, no, no to my husband yes. initially, the moment I started and I saw the numbers, I saw the figures, yeah. I didn't need any further encouragement. <laughs> because the figures were enough to encourage me that, what, is this what right. I'm missing? Ah, oh my God. Right. So I didn't need him to encourage me anymore. I encouraged myself in the Lord from that point. <laughs> so, so my point the is- The numbers encouraged you. The numbers encouraged me. So there would be, you, you see, they are less stressed and I, 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 it's wrong. Today, I stay awake more hours than I used to when I was an employee. Uh-huh. But when I was an employee, there were some people doing the staying awake, apparently. The business owners, the owners of the business were the ones staying awake. Today, I'm staying awake for my business. I'm sure my staff, they, at the time I'm awake, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., they're sleeping. What's their business? At yeah. the end, even throughout COVID, I was still paying. Till so today, they, mm. they all are still earning their salary. As a matter of fact, they're getting a pay raise this month. Wow. You know, when, exactly. So the point I'm trying to make is, what's their own? But by the time they become business owners, the table turns. Yes. So it's actually more stressful. Well, the point is, once you start, you realize that in, mo in most cases, there's no stopping you. Yes, there are some people that still require a bit of encouragement, hand-holding. If you're that kind of person, then, I mean, you already know yourself and prepare for that even before you, you step into the waters. But if you're like me, that numbers are good enough to encourage you, um, the desire to do more, do more, and knowing that <laughs> I can't fail because there's nowhere else to run back to right yeah you yeah, know uh, what you're saying about uh if you're the type of person who needs to be encouraged i read a, a little story recently about i think it was elon musk where he gave a right. talk and then somebody in the audience asked um what would you say to encourage entrepreneurs and his response was if you need to be encouraged you shouldn't be an entrepreneur <laughs> <laughs> just stay in paid employment. Just stay in paid employment. Honestly, as a matter of fact, yeah. the fact that I failed on one, 
is enough encouragement for me to push harder for the next. Mm, that's good. So failure should even be an encourage should be it should be seen as an encouragement, not otherwise. So I agree with him, just the impaired employment. And you know, to be honest, not all of us will be entrepreneurs. That's true, actually. And there's no shame in in being an employee. Honestly, I say yeah. to people all the time. Yeah. Somebody has to be in the bank when we go there. <laughs> Someone has to be the bank. Yeah, somebody has to be the bank MD. There has to be somebody at the gates to open the gate. Yes. There has to be the mechanic that'll fix our cars when he has a problem. So we are all wired differently. We're all on different journeys in life. Mm. Every everyone knows where he's headed. But I mean, just stay in your lane, but whatever your hands find to do, do it and do it well. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. So your final word for particularly the women who are listening today, um, the series is called Women Who Dare. Mm. What's your final word for helping women be more daring? So again, I'll just pick a few points from things I'd mentioned before. Number one, be clear on what you want. Mm -hmm. It may not be as simple as it sounds, but whatever you need to invest, if you need to invest your time, sleepless nights, whatever it is you need to do, sit down and figure out, just, be, just know. The understanding of how you get there is another conversation. Yeah. But know first, you, don't, you cannot even know how to get where if you don't know where you're going. Very true. So know first. Yeah. Know first where you want to be. Be clear on what you want. Mm -hmm. Number two, start in capital letter. Start. It's okay to start small. It's okay to start with the little in your hands. Mm -hmm. But with the little that we all have in our hands, there's something we can all do. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how small. So just start. And the last thing I will say, just do it. Be, stay in your lane. Do you. Be you. And just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. Um, preparedness is also extremely important. One of the things that also worked for me, when opportunity came, I could take immediate advantage because I was ready. My business plan had been ready eight years before I finally wow. found it. That wasn't the first investor I spoke with. I'd spoken to different people. I'd been turned down. I'd been turned, I'd received so many no's. But I, I didn't let the nose deter me or discourage me. Yeah, discourage once in a while. But like I said, pick myself up again, dust it, dust the nose away from my body and keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. So, I love that. Dust the nose so, away from your body. <laughs> yes, but imagine, so imagine that when this opportunity came, I had no business plan. I had no, you know, mm. all of those would have, I mean, I would have missed the opportunity. Yeah. But because I was prepared, at the time this investor came, my meeting with the investor, I had no idea that I was going to be facing a panel. But a document that you've had for eight years, that you had studied, that you had updated, mm. again, one of my investors insisted that that document, I must update it once every year, which I did. So that forced me to read and read and read and study that document over mm. and over again. Mm. So by the time I was faced with a sudden panel session that I did not plan for, the only thing I requested for was a few minutes to go back to my car to get my laptop. I did that and I came back into the room for astute and strong businessmen that have been in business for years. And I faced them and I was able to deliver and I'm on several questions flying around the room, convince us, on, convince us on, on this, convince us on that. But I was able to do that and you know they put in their resources. But imagine that I was not prepared wow. and that opportunity came, I would have lost it. 
So preparedness is extremely important. Um, a lot of us don't pay attention to it because we feel that after all, the money is not yet available. I'm not yet ready, but there's nothing wrong in having your business plan, studying it from time to time. You just may meet mm. that mm. investor in the elevator one day mm. and you are required to give an elevator pitch. What if? Yeah, so true. So true. Very powerful words, Adetola. Thank you so much. Thank you, um, I'm even feeling encouraged myself today. <laughs> I'm thinking about some of those business plans that I had parked <laughs> eight years ago <laughs> that I need to update. Dust uh, them up, up, update them, please. Exactly. That's what I'm going to do today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Again, I know it was very difficult tracking me down. I am so sorry. Well, I think we're finally here. <laughs> now that everybody's heard everything that you do, this is not surprising at all. Not at all. I love your energy and your passion. And I really hope that you are able to grow your brand beyond Nigeria, beyond yeah. the region. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. It's been a pleasure being here. Very good. We'll hope to see you soon. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Brand to Build, a podcast brought to you by Brand Builder Africa. We'll be back here next week with more thoughtfully curated content for entrepreneurial leaders who are doing business in Africa. Stay, subscribe, and let us know what you think or what you'd like to hear about next. To learn more, visit our website at www.brandtobuild.co or email askus at brandtobuild.co.